this um, Thursday evening meeting, um, our power banks meeting, and I'd like to um, welcome you, like I said, it's going to be an edifying time, as it always is. Unlike before, was pressed upon my heart to share the word with you before we get into um, a time of prayer. Because you see, the word of God fuels effective praying. When you don't pray in line with the word of God, victory cannot be assured. But the word of God fuels effective prayer. And so if you've got your notes, it will do you some good if you pen some things down. So briefly, I want to speak to you about praying for results. And specifically, I want to share with you three keys to what I termed or called the winning prayer. Three keys to the winning prayer. The prayer that wins, the prayer that works. The prayer that achieves that which it sets out to achieve. Three keys to the winning prayer. And before I share them with you, it's important that you understand that it's important or it's paramount that we receive answer to our prayer. It's important that we see the fruit of our prayer. We can't say that prayer works if we don't have any answers to prayer. Why are we praying then? What is a waste? What is a waste? When does input without a desirable output? Where you sow something that bears no positive fruit or that bears no record at all. So it's a waste, see? It's not worth doing. Because it didn't yield something. Even if it didn't yield a positive outcome, it should at least produce something to be learned from. But for us to say that prayer works, it means it, it does something for us. It yields something. And so it's important that we see how it works. And the more we learn about it, the greater results we can pull from it. So briefly, I want to share with you three keys. I'm going to be very... Um, quick so that we can also get to some praying but the three keys are number one attitude number two the will of the father and number three the power with which we wage war and I'm going to be um, deliberating on these so I said this is the winning prayer three keys to the winning prayer prayer that works I want to see greater results from my praying I want to see my prayers answered. Three keys. Number one, I said, is attitude. And if you would go with me to the book of James. James in chapter 5. A very known scripture here. James chapter 5 from verse 16. It says, confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another that you may be healed. He says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. 
If you read this same portion of scripture in the Amplified, it gives us more light on what exactly it's communicating. What exactly it's communicating. Right. Let me get this for you. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. He says, this prayer is earnest. He says, the prayer that makes tremendous power available, the prayer that has a lot of force with it. So he says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. This prayer is effectual and fervent. Now, you want to look at this. He says it's heartfelt. I said there's an attitude to this prayer. You want to see greater results from your prayer. There's got to be an attitude now with your praying. He says it's effectual and it's fervent. It's effectually fervent. Now, if you check the meaning of the word fervent there, in any good dictionary, let me read out some definitions for you of that word fervent it says very hot another says exhibiting or marked by great intensity of feeling it says zealous and interestingly one of the examples there is fervent prayers so he says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much it says it can do a lot it can make a difference. When Peter was taken by Herod, the Bible says prayers were made for him without ceasing. Incessant prayers. They kept praying. With great intensity of feeling. So that's the first one, attitude. There's got to be an attitude about your prayer. An attitude. See? An attitude about this praying. Then, the next one, the will, or the Father's will. But before I actually show you about that second point, there are two particular commentaries on the first one, actually, that I want to read to you. The first is by David Guzik. And this is what he has to say. He says, the effective nature of prayer is when it is fervent and offered by a righteous man. He says, much of our prayer isn't effective simply because it is not fervent. So the prayer which gets what it wants is fervent. It boils. Another one by Matthew Henry. He says, the prayer must be fervent, well-wrought prayer. And in the original, he says, in prayer, he prayed. That's about Elijah, which we'll get to in the next uh, couple of verses. But I just want you to see that there's an attitude. Point number two, the Father's will. What is the relevance or significance of the Father's will or God's will in our prayer? You see, someone once said, God is very economical with his power. That he can do anything, but it is capped or limited by this thing called his will 
divine will. His will. The leper came to Jesus and said, If you are willing, you can make me whole. You can make me clean. Jesus said, I will. That I am willing. And you see, in the Old Testament, whenever kings went out to battle, to fight, we read about how they consulted the prophets before they went out. We read about people that were referred to, like Haman, say the king's seer. The king's seer. These were men of the spirit. What they were trying to find out was, is it God's will? Is this battle, is it God's will that we win in this particular battle? Does he want us to go out to battle? Because they knew the importance of divine will. That if it wasn't God's will, then there was no point. And sometimes the will of God was for the downfall of that king. So if he went out to battle, <laughs> he was going to lose. You see? But, you know, we see something interesting in the New Testament. Second Corinthians. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. I want you to see the will of God in the New Testament. He says he always causes us to triumph, meaning that there is no battle that God doesn't want us to win. There is no time that it's the will of God that we lose. Now that's important because it's not everybody's conviction. I was talking with someone and um, bless her heart she said but what about when he said uh, Jacob I have loved Esau I hated <laughs> because God chooses who he's going to favor and, and not favor but the question is whose stock are you Jacob was blessed his name was turned to Israel the Messiah came from Israel. Christ the Messiah. Now you're in Christ. So the question is, whose stock are you? So he says, if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Meaning you're on the blessed side. You're on the favored side. So you're not the one whom God has said, oh, I hated. Jacob, I loved Esau, I hated. No, you're on the favored side. And so, you see that the Father's will is always for us to triumph. But is there more to say on the Father's will, even when we look at the New Testament? Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, and I'm reading to you from verse 13. It says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence he says, this is where our faith is. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything at all, 
according to his will. See the importance of God's will. It's an important factor. Before we pray about anything, this is the verge or the deciding point between <laughs> can I expect a miracle or can I not? This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If we know that he hears us. So the important thing is him hearing us. But he says that this is hearing. He says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Meaning, if it's not in accordance with his will, he doesn't hear it. He's not listening. The importance of God's will. God's will. There are a lot of stories to share when it comes to that, but I hope you're seeing this. So, God's will is important. The Father's will is important in prayer. So, number one, the attitude. Our approach, our attitude in prayer. Number two, the Father's will. Number three, the power with which we wage war. And this is another very critical area. I told you three important keys, and this is a critical area. Not all victories come by just the word of faith immediately. Not all victories. There are some, by one word, the problem will be solved under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But there are some you're going to have to fight for. The question will be, how many battles could somebody have lost because he didn't know the power of persistent prayer or the need for it? You'd still see it in James chapter 5. It explains something. 5.16 The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Then he gives an example, an application of this scripture. He says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He could get scared. He could fear. He could worry. He was subject to the same situations. But there was something about him. He prayed earnestly. And like I read in the commentary earlier, this prayed earnestly means in prayer he prayed. You know, some people, they're in prayer, but they're not praying. You say, is it possible? Yes, it is. But he says, he prayed earnestly. In prayer, he prayed. In prayer, he prayed. It's not just about the kneeling down and the mere muttering of words. But are you praying about the situation? Do you really want a change? See, so it goes hand in hand with that attitude. But he says, in prayer, he prayed that it might not rain. And then it says, it rained not on the earth. However, when you read about this story in the Old Testament, it just says that Elijah, the man of God, said, From now, the heavens shall not give their rain until according to my word, until I speak so, until I say so, there's not going to be any rain. People would laud, you know, he, oh, he's a prophet of God. Wow, amazing. But no, in the New Testament, 
James by the Spirit, or the Spirit through the hand of James, showed us what was the secret behind such a great thing, to shut the heavens for three years and six months, three and a half years. He says he prayed earnestly and he prayed again. And you know, Kenneth would say hindsight is better than foresight. I've explained before how we had um, miracle meetings and prayer meetings where I would take prayer requests and we would believe God for a change. And from the first day that I ever did that, I had learned faith, yes. I knew about faith. But there was a special way the Lord would lead me about it. After I had gotten the requests and the prayers, I'd kneel down and I'd pray. Pray earnestly and fervently with each of these prayer requests. It's called waging with great power. The amount of power you wage with. If you read about the, if you have time, read about the King Uzziah, about his army. He says they knew how to wage war with great power to help the king. They were fierce men, but they would wage war with great power. Meaning they weren't just waging war, but the amount of power they used. You know, they were fierce about it. That's why the scripture tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. Through God. Meaning we don't just have weapons. No. These are mighty weapons. Mighty weapons. They are powerful. To the bringing down. Destruction of strongholds. See. So they are not just weapons. We don't just have things to use to attack. They are mighty weapons. The weapons of our warfare. Are not carnal. But they are mighty through the Holy Spirit. To the pulling down of strongholds. That's where our confidence is. That's where everything is. They are not carnal. They are not fleshly. But how much power do we use? You've got the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. But do you wage war with great power? This is where this effectual, because he showed you where the power is. He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He says, it makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Dynamic in its working means, it means this prayer is active. That is, the power is active. It's actively making a change. You know, Kenneth Hagin was teaching about, about um, healing. And then he said, you know, there are a number of things that could affect the rate of healing. Yes, the faith of the minister. Yes, the faith of the receiver. And he also said the degree of the power that's being manifested. You know, the, the anointing is stronger at different times than others. You see? But it's important. It's a prayer key. Not all victories come the first day or the first 30 minutes. So you stay on it. Until you get a note of victory in your spirit that it is done. And at that point, like Elijah, you can say, until I say. Unless at my word. Why? Because you've gotten the victory in the spirit. So we can be people of great power. If in our prayer we have an attitude. If we understand the father's will. The Bible says he works all things according to the counsel of his will. 
So once my attitude is right, I know his will is to do this thing, then I wage war with great power. Paul said, I'm speaking to you, my son Timothy, that you wage war with the prophecies. Wage war with the prophecies, meaning great things have been spoken about you, but they're not just going to happen like that. You're going to have to take these prophecies and wage war with them. That's why sometimes we shout, I am who God says I am and I can do what he says I can do. Why? Because there's somebody trying to make you believe a different report. Isaiah said, who hath believed our report? Who has believed our report? Yes, it's a glorious year, but you, can, you, you are the one to determine that. It's a year of war. See, that's one of the things that God told me. And that the force of the spirit is available to us in prayer. So you can live the overcoming life by having or taking advantage of the winning prayer. Where your attitude is in this prayer. It, it's fervent. It's fervent. It's effectually fervent. Meaning, meaning there's passion to this prayer. There's passion. There's desire. Lord, I want to see a change. So there's passion. It's effectually fervent. It boils. That's what fervent is. It's hot. It boils. This prayer has fire in it. You know? It's that kind of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. And when we pray with these three things in mind. So, so when you come for a prayer meeting, it's a time to make change. It's a, it's a time to rearrange things in the spirit. But your attitude has to be right. See? There's, there's, there's great power available to you. But the question is, are you going to use it? All the answers we need are in this book. For it contains the word of God. So, I believe that if we put these three keys together, we're going to have a more effective prayer life. And we're going to see even greater victories. Even greater victories by God's spirit. Hallelujah.
So kanabali gedis. Just speak in other tongues. Thank the Lord. 